When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Elections are often about hope. Vote for me, you'll feel better, richer, happier, taller, I don't know. Yes, we can. Obama had yes, we can. New Labour had things can only get better. But there's an interesting twist in the US at the moment. Things are getting better, economically speaking, but the public don't feel it. The economic dashboard is looking healthy, but the vibes are off. 65% of the people we spoke to say the economy is bad, despite the drop in inflation over the past year. President Biden still isn't getting much credit for an improving economy. As you can imagine, this is a source of endless frustration for Biden aides. In the UK, the economic picture is, well, less rosy. We've got figures uh, released just moments ago by the Office for National Statistics uh, showing that the UK economy has shrunk, meaning we could be on the way to recession. What does that mean for a prime minister trying to turn things around and a leader of the opposition trying to flog home? This year is the chance, the only chance, to change our course. The choice now is whether we stick with the plan or go back to square one. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, Vibonomics, the economic phenomenon politicians can't shake. Mehreen Khan, the economics editor at The Times. People always talk about economics as a science, but how much of it has always just been about vibes? Yeah, feelings, right? As economic animals, actually, it's just about human behaviour and the, mm. all those micro decisions we make every single day. The way we spend money, the way we think about how much we need to save, the way we approach how we do our jobs, which ultimately is, in a collective sense, how the economy is driven. Mm. And what do we mean by vibes? It's difficult to define vibes. I think in a classical economics jargony way, yeah. it's called sentiment or consumer confidence. Yeah. But I think it's important to expand the definition of consumer sentiment or how people are feeling by including a lot of the stuff that happens on the internet. Because I think we've moved into a world where 
the way we interact with people online, the things we see so often on our mobile phones or our computer screens actually does have a determining factor in ways that it wouldn't have done 20 years ago or during the financial crisis when all of our online behaviours were very different and we were online less. Yeah, you know, not Markets haven't moved because of MSN Messenger. Exactly. So I think vibes, it's a very modern phenomenon and it's not something where there's academic research or people thinking seriously about this kind of stuff. But I feel like it's important to incorporate into, into my day job, which is thinking about how the economy runs. We're talking about vibes because there's been, well, someone's coined the phrase vibe session, vibe recession. Vibe, vibe session. Vibe session, which is vibes and recession. Yes, it's a kind of ugly mashup. Yes. But once you hear it, you can't really unhear it. And the example that they're talking about, we'll talk about the UK a little bit later on, but they coined it specifically for the US context. Exactly. And we should give this person credit. So this is Kyla Scanlon, who is a brilliant sort of online economics commentator. Hey everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where we talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today, I have a word in the dictionary. Uh, like, <laughs> very cool. The word is vibe session. She's based in the US, so she has a primarily US audience. But a lot of the things she talks about are pretty universal because most economies have been going through exactly the same thing over the last couple of years, which is inflation and higher interest rates and higher mortgage costs. Mm. And so she coined this term, vibe session, to describe the weird gap between what's actually happening in the economy, so the things that I write about every day, so the data on inflation and growth and unemployment, the traditional way we measure how an economy performs, and how people, when you ask them about how they're feeling, what they say they're feeling, which is often far more pessimistic than what the reality, quote unquote, would suggest. And rather than having a real recession, which is based on these traditional metrics, like how much growth is quarter on quarter, she says a vibe session is when people just feel really down about everything. The vibes are off. And that's almost irrespective of what's actually really going on in the economy. Yes. And in that sense, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because it then also will impact the way people behave, the way they spend, and then it will result in the economy actually getting worse. Yes. And her point is that people are feeling bad about things when actually in the US things are looking okay, better than elsewhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, there, isn't, there isn't much reason to be annoyed about your economic situation in the US. The received wisdom is that the US economy is doing really well compared to everyone else. It's the fastest growing economy in the G7. It's roughly growing around three or four times faster than the UK. Mm. Consumers are spending loads of money in the US. They have loads of pent-up savings. Most people haven't been laid off. And effectively, given that the US could have been in an awful state right now, because when interest rates are this high, you expect economies to contract in growth. We expect huge increases in unemployment levels. But the US economy is incredibly resilient. Mm. And it should be something to celebrate. But most metrics, almost all metrics of consumer confidence in the US are very, very low. And they're almost at levels we last saw in the financial crisis. And these metrics are, are measuring what? Is this someone going around with a clipboard? Yes. Surveying people. Exactly. How do you feel? Exactly. So often this happens through a face-to-face -face interviews or over the phone. You have companies, a bit like pollsters a little bit, yeah. whose job it is every month to collect data about how people are feeling. So it asks them, you know, how's your financial situation been over the last 12 months? Are you spending on big items? What do you think is going to happen to your financial situation in the next 12 months? Have you been getting a pay increase? It becomes a sort of compendium of things that we end up calling an index of consumer confidence. So if your point then is that consumers are feeling down about the economy in the US, is it the case, as you've hinted at, that those other 
classical measures, as you called them, how much investment is happening, how much the economy is growing, are they all singing from the same good song sheet? Pretty much universally. It's been very difficult to point to a massive weak spot in the US economy. Despite the fact for the last two years, most economists have been saying the US is going to fall into a recession, a recession is very imminent, unemployment might have to get to 6%, that's the only way inflation is going to come down. The only way to kill that inflation is to crash the economy. Yes. And now, actually, at the start of 2024, the feeling around the US economy is that it's going to achieve something called a soft landing, which is a situation where inflation becomes low and moderate, and it will be able to do this without generating a downturn. So that's the soft landing. It's a very improbable, almost miraculous event. And yet still, the mystery is, why aren't people not feeling better about themselves? And is that a failure of political messaging? Because you hear and read a lot about discontent in the Biden camp that he's done all these things to help achieve that soft landing that you've described. Why aren't people giving him the the credit? So for the Biden administration, their whole shtick for the last couple of years is that the Biden administration is getting people good jobs through things like the Inflation Reduction Act, which is all about spending big on industrial policy. The Biden administration is going to create really high paid jobs for American workers in high tech sectors like building hydrogen plants or electrical vehicles, Mm. right? The problem is, is that when most people in the US think about the economy, they're not thinking about the jobs that they might get in the future or the jobs they haven't yet lost. They're thinking about the fact that prices are still going up. So inflation means that prices go up, right? Even if they're not going up at 9% a year, they're currently going up at 3.1% a year, but it still means they're going up Mm. and they're not coming back down to where they were under where Donald Trump was. So in 2020 or 2019, this is a period in which prices have gone up. Interest rates have gone up, which means that if you're a US homeowner or a prospective homeowner, you don't want to jump into a new mortgage where you're paying maybe three, four times the monthly payments because now interest rates are at 9%. Mm. So these are things that matter. And that's why they look at Biden and think, well, what have you really done for us? If inflation is still going up, I can't afford a house. My wages haven't been going up in line with inflation. So these are all reasons, legitimate reasons that people are not feeling great about themselves. That the vibe is off. So is your, if your point then is that there are good things that Biden's doing and there are bad things that remain in the system, but because of the timings of each of them, people are most concerned about the bad current things as opposed to the good things that are in the offing. All of that seems quite tradish. So what's the 2024 vibe recession internet bit of this? So there's two parts. So one is, I think, the social media part, which maybe we'll talk about a bit later. But then there's something else going on because... Even though some metrics of the economy are poor, like the state of the mortgage market, what seems to be happening is that consumers seem to feel psychologically much more impacted by inflation than in previous eras. For many people, they experienced inflation in a major way for the first time in their lives. Because if you remember after the financial crisis, it was hovering around 1% to 2% in most rich world economies. Interest rates were at zero. And US consumers seem to exhibit this behaviour where they want prices not to stop rising, they want prices to fall, to go back to the levels they were at 2019. They actually want deflation to happen. Mm. 
And deflation sounds like a great thing, right? Yeah. It means prices are falling. Cheaper it means rent. everything's cheaper. But it's also quite a poisonous economic phenomenon because the debt burden goes up. It means that the cash size of the economy falls. And we saw very painful episodes of deflation happen in the 1930s in Europe. There's one argument that this is how Hitler gained power in what became Nazi Germany because the country was going through such a painful deflationary process mm. that he was able to capitalize on people's economic vulnerability. So deflation is not a cost-free thing. It means something is imbalanced in the economy. So the question that a lot of economists are asking, is there something about the modern consumer where we've become so psychologically used to never having to experience inflation that the fact that we've had to go through about 18 months or two years of high inflation is having much a disproportionate effect on the way that we feel about the economy and how angry we are at politicians that they've allowed our gas prices to go up or in the US it's very psychologically important that petrol prices don't go up because it's very important for American consumers and that's where they think maybe something in the social contract is broken because their politicians have presided over a period where prices have risen and that's not fair. Yes, and if people are feeling angry and they're maybe misunderstanding things, this is where social media thrives, isn't it? So what's social media's involvement in this? Yes, social media promotes the negative hot takes about anything. Yeah. About your favourite celebrity, your politician you don't like. And that's also true of the economy. Hmm. So uh, Kyla's done a really good job of getting a compendium of sort of anecdotal evidence about the power of social media in spreading the negative vibes. Hmm. Uh, and this is Kyla Scanyon who you Kyla mentioned Scanyon, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Who's, who's sort of the chief vibe session officer and, uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> and the, you know, she's the CEO of, of, of this theory of vibes. So her job is to create nuanced, hmm. thoughtful content about the economy on platforms like TikTok and Instagram. She notices that when she does that, it doesn't spread as far as the tweet which says that I just walked into my local cinema and a can of Coke or a bottle of Coke now costs $10 when it used to be $2.50. Is that actually happening? There are examples of that. You must see this all the time. I see this all the time of my timeline. It's Such people walking into somewhere and then snapping a price tag of something and saying, oh, inflation's gone mad. We right. had that with Lurpak in the UK. Yeah. There's various examples of this. One I mentioned in a, in a column that I wrote recently, which was about somebody screenshotting their McDonald's app, which showed that the price of a medium portion of fries was over $10. And they screenshot this and this tweet went viral. And it was just a kind of typo on the app, right? So it wasn't $10. It was $1 something. But it did good business online. Yeah. And everyone, when they see it, it becomes self because they want to believe it. And mm. people, it feeds our own biases, which suggests that things are terrible. Lots of people are saying that this vibe session in the US and, and some other things could actually contribute to Joe Biden losing the 2024 presidential election to Donald Trump. Do you buy that? Yes, and I think this is why we're talking about it. It's because this is likely to have quite major political ramifications. So the Biden administration is asking, well, if we can't campaign on the economy, what can we campaign on? And so I think there's going to be much more emphasis on abortion rights and some of the cultural mm. issues in the US. What we've been talking about there is the US. Is there a read across to the UK, he said, worried? I think there could be a potential vibe session coming for the UK too. Coming up, what could all that mean in a probable election year here in the UK? And what does it mean for Sunak and Starmer's campaigns? Vibonomics continues shortly. This weekend, if you're a Times subscriber, you can hear our latest episode of Inside the Newsroom. 
It's our new behind-the-scenes series on Apple Podcasts. This Saturday, a day in the life of Times cartoonist Peter Brooks. I've always had this appalling feeling of terror looking at my drawing board first thing in the morning, the empty sheet of paper on it, how am I going to fill it? But it's what I'm about. It's what keeps you alive, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find that on the Stories of Our Times feed on Apple Podcasts. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts to find out how to get your hands on it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Maureen, you've explained very well for me now the, the idea of vibe session and how it's playing out in the US. But now if we can move things on to the UK and how much of that applies here, you're economics editor for the times and you've been as part of that job wearing some high vis with jeremy hunt somewhere where was that yeah i mean you know it's the start of an electoral year when um i uh, got the pleasure of hanging out with the chancellor in a bt factory actually an open reach factory today is a very significant day because having turned the corner on inflation brought it right down uh, the economy is doing much better and that means we can start to bring down taxes He was there because the government has introduced a tax cut for us all, which was announced at the end of last year, which is a 2p reduction in national insurance. It was right uh, to put up taxes to pay back the debt from the help we gave families during COVID and during the cost of living crisis. Uh, But now the economy is doing better. And before we think about the vibes in the UK, the actual concrete economic picture in the UK, Jeremy Hunt, I imagine, was telling you, is... It's bad at the moment, but we're turning a corner. Definitely. So Jeremy Hunt and a lot of his cabinet colleagues are celebrating the fact that one of their main targets, which was the halving of inflation, has happened. So inflation did halve from the around 10% that was recorded in 2023. It's currently just under 4%, which is good news. I don't think the government had anything to do with it, but they're going to take credit for it nonetheless. Mm. And it's important when we think about the differences between the UK and the US to stress that the UK is not outperforming in any sense in a way that the US is. So in the UK, 
okay, we have far less reasons to really be too optimistic about the economy. We're barely growing. The economy has barely generated any growth for the last 18 months. Interest rates at the highest level since 2008. Inflation is coming down, yes, but it's still coming down slowly. People haven't really seen an increase in their real wages for the last two years. If you've got a mortgage and you're thinking about remortgaging, you are facing an average of £3,000 a year extra in your yearly payments this mm. in 2024, and that's for over a million people. So we have far fewer reasons to have good vibes in the UK. I think it's important to stress that compared yes. to our American colleagues. And just to really make that clear, UK growth currently... What? The UK economy contracted, so it fell into negative territory in the third quarter. If we get another negative three months at the end of 2023, that means we actually do fall into a real recession. The UK vibes are not great, but that is completely justified. Hmm. And that's the difference with that's the US. That's the difference. But if the economy recovers much better than we expect this year, are voters, one, going to feel it, and two, going to reward their politicians for the fact that things are getting better? In the UK? In the UK. Mm. So this is an open question. And if the vibe session theory has something about it, the answer is probably no. So the lag between maybe the economic situation improving, but the vibe staying bad, is built into the UK system, well, any similar economic system, because if your wages haven't really risen in real terms because of inflation, even if those indicators are turned around, the damage is done. And they're very slow to turn around. We've spoken about the vibes in terms of the general population, but there are vibes within economic circles as well. Is that different to the general population? And I'm thinking about economists, but also markets as well. Is everyone in the same bad vibes bucket or... Are they feeling differently about things? That's a great question because the market, which is probably the most vibes-driven part of the economy and always has been since the beginning of time, Mm. is feeling really optimistic about everything. So we've started the year. Yeah, we've started the year with financial traders betting on the fact that the economies in the US, in Europe and the UK have basically defeated inflation. So 2024 is going to be marked as a year where central bankers are going to be leading us again into the promised land by reducing uh, interest rates every other month, which is a massive departure from where we've been over the last two years. So when you bring down borrowing costs, that means you stimulate economic growth, you make investment cheaper, you allow companies to hire more people, you allow you and, and, and me, Luke, to go out and get that credit card loan, you lower our mortgage repayments. It's all good news from here. So the vibes in the markets are great right now. I think they are ripe for a bit of a correction and maybe a bit of cold water might have to be thrown on. Because some of them have even been pricing in interest rate cuts in the UK from February. Yeah. So really optimistic. Yeah. You find people in the city of London who will tell you that interest rates, which are currently 5.25%, will end the year around 3.5%. That's a big jump down. Yeah. And the irony is that the central bankers keep telling us that this is not going to happen. These are institutions which have spent two years having their reputation battered Mm. because they've been accused of being soft on inflation. So they don't want to go into a situation where they cut interest rates and actually the bogeyman hasn't really been vanquished and it's still sort of lingering. So I'm going to sort of forget their vibes, the traders. If we look at the, go back to the population at large then, and if there are bad vibes here in the UK and it could lag beyond any turnaround in the economy, if I'm Rishi Sunak, even if I'm Keir Starmer, who would hope that there'd be an election this autumn that he would win and he would then be in charge, that's a problem 
for both of them, isn't it? Bad vibes lingering on. So it's a very bad problem for the Conservatives because it means that nothing they can basically do right now will erode that 20-point polling lead between Labour Mm. and the Tories. The Tories will try. We have a budget in a couple of months on March the 6th, and that's going to be a last-ditch attempt to finally Mm. tell voters that, look, we understand that it's been a terrible couple of years, but we're going to cut taxes for you again in March, and this is going to be an indicator of all the other taxes we will cut if... Indeed, yeah. you re-elect us. And just to put a pin in that, just briefly, you're in the budget. What's your current bet for what tax will be cut? Because there's a bit of a debate about that, isn't there? I would say you get your classic pre-election bung is a reduction in the basic rate of income tax. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going for. Okay. Not As that I'm a betting woman, but there. yes. <laughs> and so that was going to be like a desperate last-minute attempt yeah. to convince voters that Labour is not for them. In the short run, the bad vibes are probably good for Labour because it will hmm. likely help them to get elected. Yeah. But in the long run, I think this is dangerous for Labour. And why is that? So one element that I haven't mentioned so far is not just where's the economy heading, but what is the government doing to build a brighter future for us? Mm. Now, the Biden administration, which has many faults, has done something really big, bold and radical and very un-American, which is they are pumping billions and billions and billions of taxpayer money into developing industries, right? Mm. So they're doing the right thing, according to some people. Now, Labour have a much more modest plan to do industrial policy. It involves this £28 billion of a, called the Climate Spending Fund, but we don't really know where the money's going to go. Is it going to be on green things? Is it just going to be on everything? But they have committed this £28 billion figure to help public investment. Now, Biden has committed, according to some estimates, nearly a trillion dollars. So a bit more. Over 10 years yeah. into pumping up American industries. If he can't get elected on that, then what's Keir Starmer's 28 billion, say he's elected this year, and then he turns around to the electorate in, say, 2029 and says, look, you should vote for me because I've managed to secure you jobs and I've helped British infrastructure and raise productivity. Is it a winning ticket to win an election? You know, the Bidenomics example suggests that Bidenomics might be great for the economy, but it's not particularly great for your politics. Which is kind of a damning indictment on our politics, isn't it? That we reward the shorter term, here's a bung in a budget, but not the, oh, I've squirreled away all this money, which we'll reap the benefits of brilliantly in 10 years. I constantly ask the question, why don't governments invest for the long term? And maybe the answer is because they will never reap the political benefits of it. So if Sir Keir Starmer's listening, hello, what's your advice then on that front? Because there are lots of noises off from... Alistair Campbell on that podcast he does, and John McDonnell, who is <laughs> John McDonnell, who is Jeremy Corbyn's shadow chancellor, saying he needs to be more ambitious. So, what's Reen Khan's advice? I, I would say we should also mention that Labour is really hamming up how much it loves Biden and Bidenomics as its example for how to do things right. So, we've mm. had major visits from Rachel Reeves last year. You know, you can't even listen to a Labour speech without talking about how much they're sort of inspired by the example of the Democratic Party in the US. The Biden administration is rebuilding America's economic security, its strength and its resilience. And just as the Biden administration has done here, we must build the industries of the future. And so my just little warning would be, you should do the stuff that is good for the economy, but you shouldn't think it's enough or a free ticket to re-election if Labour then thinking about a second term. 
I might be completely proven wrong. But this goes back to maybe our personality-driven politics. The fact that even Americans are thinking about re-electing Donald Trump. It tells us something about vibes, right? You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, Times Economics Editor, Maureen Khan. You can find Maureen's weekly column in the business section of the paper and online every Tuesday. The producer was James Shield, the executive producer was Fiona Leach, and sound design was by our new colleague, Mal Aceto. Welcome, Mal. How are your vibes? Good and bad, ideas, questions, compliments, all welcome at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Goodbye. <laughs>